Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. great to be back with you folks today. Always excited about having Stephanie Wesco with us. Stephanie, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty great, Doug. Oh, praise God. What a wonderful uh, week of podcasts we had last week. Uh, I'm excited to hear comments from you folks, and it, it always helps us to move forward and get things done. And so we've been studying along, Stephanie, uh, on Philippians, and, you know, we're trying to look at this from a perspective of um, folks who are really going through fires, you know, PTSD, mm-hmm. hurting, hearts hurting, life's upside down, uh, things seem indifferent. And we, we got to remember, I think the greatest thing about this podcast is, you know, Paul's in the midst of this junk. He's in the midst of trials. He's handcuffed and shackled to a dude. He's, he's sending uh, the inspired word of God out the little holes there at the jail cells. He's He's dealing with Timotheus. He's dealing with uh, Epaphroditus. He's uh, he's telling people, he's telling the church at Philippi to calm down, to serve God. And and last week we got to the point, and we've been there. You know, we've been through, if I die, it's gain. If, if I go, it's lost for you, but it's gain for me. And if I stay, I can serve you. It's a, This study seems to me, Stephanie, it's an all about Christ. It's all about a life changing to Christ. It's all about a life um that once was self-centered and arrogant, that once was in a bad place, but now all of a sudden it's in a place of serving God. It's in a place of, uh, you know, Christ is what matters to me. It's, uh, you know, we pass from death unto life. He knows these things. All these things are put together. All these things are in a good place. So we finished up last week and we were talking about, uh, we're in the book of Philippians, obviously, in chapter three and verse seven, what things were gained to me, those I counted lost to Christ, and we continue on with 3.8. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Wow. He's saying, you know what I think he's saying here, Stephanie? He's saying, I've given up everything uh, for Christ. I've given up my home in Tarsus. I've given up my parents. I've, I've, I've given up uh, this idea of having a settled home life. I've, uh, I've, you know, I've given up the, the rulership I had with the Sanhedrin and those different things. I've already had floggings and hardships and perils and shipwrecks and uh, all those things have went on, but I get to serve God. Uh, I get to serve God. And, and I, I guess we're looking for joy in this, of giving up the old and how do we find joy in this, Stephanie? <laughs> this is a fun subject on a morning when your body's causing you to have a lot of um, issues. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I think Paul had come to that point where his ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction was found in knowing and serving Christ. Yeah. And because of that... <clears throat> you know, he, I love the way he says, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. I mean, this is like, this is the best. The thing. good stuff. Yeah. Knowing Jesus is the best thing. <coughs> and, um, you know, he says, I've suffered the loss of all things, literally. I mean, that word all here, and this is under inspiration, 
he's not exaggerating. Paul had literally, literally suffered the loss of all things and was totally great with that when it meant winning Christ. And, and that's our lesson, isn't it? Isn't that yes, our... and that's what that's what the Christian life is supposed to be about for each of us. Yeah. That's the ultimate that we're working towards. Yeah. And 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 I mean he's he's saying I gave up all these things and I equate this. I equate this to Charles Piano business, his tuning business, to you having your sweet little home there in South Bend and and uh you know everything going on like clockwork and and uh how do you go from that sweet little yellow home you had and, and the little horses and your pets and your your life and everything going on? How did how did God get you to the place where you guys were willing, like Paul, to do whatever it took? Well, I think, I mean, I've talked in past podcasts about um, how Charles preached a message on Philippians 121 and how he talked about, you know, being willing to you know, where we hold things of this world loosely, where we hold things that aren't of eternal value, um, and in your home is of eternal value, you're using it for the Lord as each, but, but where it's, where material possessions and material things yeah, literally become almost, um, what Paul calls it, equates it here, um, in the verse, I'm trying to remember where it was that you read, where he said um, he doesn't just count them as lost, but he equates them to dung. I mean, this is literally like... Yeah, the the verse we just finished with there with Philippians 3.8. Yeah, I mean, this is just like where it literally means absolutely nothing to him in comparison to Christ. And um, as a child, God had very strongly impressed on my heart that he had wanted me to be a missionary. And praise the Lord, I was raised in a home where um, my parents were constantly instilling in me the, the way priorities should be laid out, where yeah. Jesus was the most important thing, where things and possessions were not what you lived for. And... Um, Charles had a heart for the Lord and had very much, um, God had brought him to that same place where we were willing to, um, just to get our motor home for deputation, you know, we were, we were selling a piano, selling uh, our harp and, and getting rid of things that were very special to us and things that were good things. You know, it's, it's, it's not wrong to have a nice home. It's not wrong to, to have instruments. It's, none of those things are wrong. In fact, many of those things can be used for God's glory. But if God calls on us to give those things up to serve him, to know him in a deeper way, and we aren't willing to give those things up, if we're not willing to give up even relationships, I mean, this verse makes me think when Paul says he suffered the loss of all things, I guarantee you, Paul had relationships that he held dear and close to his heart that he had to lose Yeah. to know Christ. And Jesus talked about that, you know, where if a man doesn't, the man loves father, mother, brother, sisters, wife, houses, lands. Jesus goes through that whole list there in a couple different of the Gospels. If you love any of those things more than him then you can't be his disciple. And I guess that's what this boils down to. Is, yeah, it's about priority. Right. Where are, are we really a disciple of Christ, a real disciple of Christ, um, 
is willing to lose a relationship, is willing to lose whatever it is, a possession, a, a home, a title, whatever it is, to know Christ and to be in the center of his will. And um, that doesn't mean there's not pain involved. We're human. And that's where, um, you know, Jesus walks that path with us. And, you know, I'm sure Paul shed tears. He was a human, just like us. And I'm sure there was times that losing things that, that he loved or relationships or whatever, those were hard times for him. Those are breaking processes. And yet Paul was willing to go through that to know Jesus and to um, be found perfect in him and to be that living sacrifice that God had called him to be and called each of us to be. And um, that that's what brings the joy, because the more you're in the center of God's will, even if there's, um, you know, things around you that are messed up because of you choosing to make those, you know, Paul dealt with persecution he dealt with all these things but that he still found his joy and his strength and his fulfillment knowing christ and he wrote this in prison he had lost his freedom to even function as a normal human being yeah and yet he still had joy and still said i count all of this you know as dung to know jesus and that's just like wow that's the essence of what the christian life is supposed to be well, and I, and I think, you know, we got to remember Paul was blinded and he was given sight and uh, mm-hmm. he, he feels like, and, and obviously so, that he's seen God, man. God cleared his vision. God cleared. The, I feel like, now I haven't personally had a face-to-face or uh, losing my blindness experience, but I've, I've certainly had an experience where God has uh, just changed my life. And I, th- I think sometimes I forget, Stephanie. I think, you know, looking at that verse and counting these things, but don't, I think sometimes I forget just what Christ has done for me. I think sometimes, you know, caught up in the craziness of this world, I think a lot of people listening are like me, that sometimes we, we don't wake up in the morning and say, man, Christ died for me, he saved me. But in a way, at least our hearts should be leaping. You know, at at least our minds should be enough. And and it's hard. I mean, just because we're Christians, just because Charles knew for sure he was going to heaven, just because in your mind, he's 100% uh, in my mind as well, (laughs) serving God right now, it still doesn't make it easy on those left behind. It still doesn't, you know, this doesn't, you know, Paul even all but said that in chapter two. Remember, he said, you know, for me to die is gain, but if, or verse one, I think chapter one, but he said, you know, if I stick around, man, I can make a difference. If I stick around, I'm going to make a difference. And we're missing out on the, if I stick around part. We're missing out on the joy part. We're missing out on what Christ has done for us. We're missing out on uh, where we're at right now in life because Christ died for us. And, and uh, isn't it hard to do that? I mean, just stuck, just where you are in life. I mean, the, the, the grade eight, the, you know, trying to uh, console ladies, trying to raise the kids, trying to stay on top of paperwork, bills, whatever the case may be. And uh, how do you how do you stop? What do you do to stop your focus from uh, wanting to strangle the kids, from wanting to quit? I mean, where do you where do you go from there? I mean, where's that at? Oh my! Um, It's loaded. I promise you that. That's a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, for starters, there is always 
and I always go back to this, but there's always verses um, that I have to cling to, that I have to go back to, even when my feelings and my body and um, every other part of me is hurting and saying, this isn't worth it anymore. Yeah. I always have to go back to that fact of, no, God has said all things yeah. work together for my good. And that doesn't mean it's easy that <laughs> you're the first to, you know, you always know when I'm in a bad spot um, and that those bad spots happen. And um, thanks to the car accident we were in. Um, yeah, what a knucklehead, man. I Higher than ever before. Yeah. And there's some days um, right now that, functioning hurts i want to do absolutely nothing because moving is too painful and there are some times i can't move and that's just the way life is and those are the times you're crying out to god saying please help the medicine i just took to kick in as soon as possible um but you know what god is faithful and that the lord always brings me back to that that god my god is a faithful god and Good music is a huge key for me. I'm I was just thinking that when you said, my God is a faithful God. I was yes. thinking that. And uh, and, um, and there are some times um, I will just turn on music and um, my kids just know that if we're driving down the road uh, and mom has music playing that has her crying, they just know that mom's messed up. She's She must not be feeling too great. And so she's listening to music to help to help bring her out of it and so music is an awesome way to if you're struggling get some music that will comfort you that the lord can use to encourage your heart and um you know it's okay to cry if you're going through a tough time it's okay to cry out to god out loud and just say god i need you right now i don't know i don't know up from down or i'm confused or i'm hurting and we our god is he's a heavenly father yeah. And he he wants us to come to him with our needs. And he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. And um, he pities us. I love the verse that says, like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. And, you know, the, Lord, the Lord's heart and his eyes are, you know, he's looking to and fro for someone who will um, keep their heart fixed on him. And his ears are open into our cries. And... So as you focus and you meditate on scripture and on who God is to us, yeah, the pain may not all go away, but your joy and your strength in the Lord grows. And that's what gives you the ability, not because of you, but because of who he is in you. That's what gives you the strength to go through the next day and to continue to bring honor and glory to the Lord in your life and in your circumstances. Wow. And I, and I think that lends itself right into, I want to go into verse 9 today as well. And I want to break up verse 9 into like A and B. And if you look at A, it says, and be found in him. Uh, you know, salvation is being found in Christ. It's, a, it's not without Christ, it's being found in him. It's, it's going to that place that we need him. We can't live without him. He re regenerates us. He, he makes us born again. He brings us to the place we uh, we need to go and, and uh, sort of be found in him. And, and uh, how would you look at that? How would you uh, say verse 9, that A part, that first sentence, uh, and be found in him? How would you describe that? 
Well, I think this is a twofold because Paul Paul is already saved here. You know, he's he's already made that decision, which that's the first step of being found in Christ. Yeah. Um, Is that, you know, coming to that realization that you are a sinner and that because of your sin, you're separated from God. And only by accepting his free gift of salvation and accepting what he did on the cross to save you from your sin. And, you know, he takes the penalty for our sin when he died on the cross. He offers that open, open-ended gift of salvation to every person who ever has lived, ever will live, ever is living. So that's the first step of being found in Christ. But, but beyond that, Paul... Um, I think he had a desire that when he stood before Christ, um, there would he would not be ashamed, that he would be found faithful. and But he knew that that would only happen through Christ working in and through his life. Yeah. And I think this is, I think he's talking a lot here about sanctification and that process of, you know, we get saved by faith, but then I'm afraid a lot of Christians think the rest of the Christian life happens on their own merit and works and that's not how it works the christian a whole christian life is about living jesus and living that life of faith and that moment by moment dependence on the spirit of god to work in you and through you and to constantly be you know transforming you day in and day out more into the image of jesus and i think that was paul's heart cry was that any moment you know, whether it was in life or death, he would be found in Christ. He, you know, wherever he was, whatever he was, he had going on in life, Jesus Christ would be seen through his life on a level that it would be unmistakable to anyone around that, that Paul was dwelling in Christ and Christ was dwelling in Paul, that they were one. Yeah. And, that's, I think, Paul's heart cry in verse 9. I think you're right. I, You know, it, it leads me to believe a couple things. First of all, exactly what you said. Right up front, to be found in him, you're saved. But then comes that sanctification truth, to be found in him in a better place. You know, I had a mm-hmm. pastor tell me many years ago that, uh, you know, you can get led to the Lord in three minutes, but it takes a lifetime to get right with God. I mean, you're working every day to get closer to him. And one man put it to have God with you and, and uh, to bring God down to you. And I, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head here. And, and folks, here's the important thing in Stephanie's words just then. The important thing is we all have a decision what we're going to do with this thing called salvation, what we're going to do with Christ's gift for us, where we're going to go from there. And, and I think the reality of this is we have a responsibility not only to be found in him to be saved, but to be found in him, the sanctification truth, to look like him, to act like him, to be that guy or that gal, uh, to be that gentleman or that lady that people can walk to and go to and make a difference. And, and I think we, we see a little bit more of that, Stephanie, there in, in 3.9 in the next sentence. It says, not having my own righteousness, mm-hmm. which is of the law. Wow. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, I think there's <clears throat> it's a whole other a whole nother set of nails but in essence i believe what paul is saying here is being found in christ is not equated to a list of rules 
And Paul knew what lists of rules were all about. He was, as he had said, said back in the beginning of this, of chapter three, you know, he was um, a Pharisee as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law. In verse six, he says he was blameless. I mean, Paul was one of those dudes that didn't miss dotting an I or crossing a T. He had every, he literally was keeping the law before knowing Christ as his savior. He was blameless. I mean, the law, the list of rules in the law of God, you know, and what we would call the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I mean, if you read those books of the Bible, it's like no human could keep those laws. No, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. But and here's Paul, Paul doing was a everything Pharisee. he can. Yeah, trying right. to. I mean, this, he knew everything about the law. He had done it perfectly. And yet here he's saying in verse 9, having mine own, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. So in other words, he's saying you can keep the whole law. You can have this list of rules of exactly what you should look like, sound like, smell like, eat like, the whole thing. Yeah and be missing the boat and you can be a child of God and be, you know, be saved, but then turn sanctification into a work salvation where it's all about, I have to follow this list of rules to be godly and be missing the boat yeah, because it's yeah. not about us. It's not about our righteousness. It's and not, I think yeah. that's what Paul's hammering here. Yeah. And, and I think we see that at the end of verse nine, it says, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, mm-hmm. which is, of God by faith. So it's it's about that faith. And Paul, he keeps on drawing parallels to the dichotomy to, to say, listen, man, I've been there. I did all these things. I lived that life. I, I tried my best to be perfect. I, I did what they told me to do. I killed Christians. I, uh, you know, I went out on weekends for making tents. I did whatever I had to do. And, and, and he's, he's actually saying, I believe here, Stephanie. He's saying, listen, I wasn't happy. There was nothing there. There's no joy in, in the law. There's no, uh, yeah. there's no great lift in, in the law in this orthodox craziness. Uh, what he's saying is, I find in these things, look at him. He said, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness is which of God by faith. He's saying the secret to flawless righteousness is Christ. You can't get yeah. there. You can't get there yeah. from here. And, uh, yeah. uh, and so, friends, as we talk today and as we look at this, we got to understand the secret. And, and the yeah. secret is Christ. It's not us. It's, it's not what we can do. It's not what we have to offer. And, you know, in closing, Stephanie, we're looking at this. And, and what comes to your mind? We just really, we just covered one verse, really. Uh, we did a little bit of eight, and we talked about that. But we had kind of beat that around. But we just tore up uh, verse number nine into three pieces. And we get to this place that flawless righteousness only comes for Christ. And, and, uh, and what would we tell our friends listening today, those people who are hurting? Why do, how do we get point A to point B? What do we got to do? Well, I think for starters, as I said before, you need to know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. You have to come to that point of accepting his gift of salvation and um, understanding that he loves you, that he died for you, and he's, he offers that gift to you and just asks you to turn from your sin to him and accept his gift of salvation and place your dependence on him 
for your eternal salvation from sin. And then with that, you know, as you grow in Christ, you know, I love where um, God said to Samuel in the Old Testament, said, you know, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Praise God. And God's not looking at your externals to rate you, whether or not you're a child of God, to rate you whether you are measuring up to this to this imaginary stick that Christians put on other Christians. No, yeah. God measures you up to his word. Yeah. And when you know him as your savior, his spirit comes to dwell inside of you. And walking by faith, uh, the life of faith that Paul's talking about here is it's a growing process. It is. And it's, it's trusting in God the same way you do for salvation. It's trusting him each day to lead you, to guide you as you, as you draw nigh to him, knowing that he will draw nigh to you and Amen. that it's not about you changing your outside in 24 hours to look any part. No, it's about coming to God and saying, God, I love you. Yeah. I've trusted you for my yeah. salvation. Now, would you help me to take these steps I need to take to become what you want me to become? Yeah. And he'll lead you and he'll guide you. He and will. that's where the joy will come in and the contentment. And that's, that's what the Christian life is all about, is finding all of that in Jesus Christ and, and who he is to us. And, and I think I think that's the perfect wrap-up here for verse number 9 in this flawless righteousness. And so thankful we got to share verse 8 and 9 with you today. But I think if we get anything, what Stephanie just said, listen, if you're not saved, all bets are off. You, there's no help from the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. There's There's no trying. It's just the law you're following. But man, when you get saved, step in to to say, hey, Brother Doug, I know I'm hurt, and I, I know I went through this PTSD. I, I know I've had these triggers. I know I have these stressors, but I'm going to step out and follow God. I'm going to be like the yeah. Apostle Paul and put all those things from my life behind me because that's where they're supposed to be. I'm supposed to be looking forward. I'm supposed to be looking for God. I'm, I'm supposed to be looking forward to what God can do in my life. I'm supposed to be working on that. Well, folks, listen, we love you folks. We'd be honored if you'd stop by our private pages or over there and help for wounded spirits and drop us a line. But uh, you guys are great. We're praying for you. We hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.